Raider Nate. Hey. Man, so here we on are on podcast two. I'm already having trouble with the app. So what what'd you what what you figure out? I, well, I'm not going to waste any more time because I know we had a, a date to do this podcast, so I'll try to figure it out. But essentially, I was able to hit record on the app and then put you on speaker on my phone, and it would you know pick up the audio. But now, as soon as the phone app is being used, it's shutting off the audio microphone for the app. So now you're on my wife's phone and kind of doing it old school. I'll try to figure it out, but maybe I'm still trying to find a permanent home for this podcast because I, I want to be able to do that so I don't need two phones, you know? You, you know what I always say, right? No. Use your air. <laughs> well, I, I, yeah, I just need to figure it out. So we'll, the podcast might move again, but it's weird because it was clearly what I did last time. I, there's no doubt about it. So again, I'm, I'm, I know it is user error, but I'm not blaming the user again. Here we go. <laughs> so, uh, how are you doing? The leagues who wants to know probably how Raider Nate's doing. Yeah, put, you know, hanging in there. It's, uh, the day, I'm probably just like everyone else. The days just blend in with this whole working from home thing and not doing stuff. So I'm trying to break up the day and do, do stuff when I can, but it's just weird. Good to hear, though. You're, you're healthy, I take it? No COVID concerns with your health conditions and all that? No. No, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, staying at home, being careful. I'm, uh, um, I don't go out much, you know, I go jogging and sometimes I go to Home Depot, but kind of staying at home. I go, I've been, you know, I've been doing a lot of hiking, but, um, I try to get out there early and I try to do trails where there's not a lot of people, but nothing, uh, nothing to mention worth, worthwhile. All right. Well, it's funny. I, uh, <clears throat> the first time I called all you guys, like a, I don't know, it was like a month or so ago. It's, it, things have changed a lot because at first, Pretty much Danny, at that point, was the only one who knew someone dealing with it or had deal, dealt with it or whatever. And now, um, I don't know if you know anyone, but now I, I could say even in my extended network, I know of people. I know uh, talking to Andy a lot, he knows people. So it does seem like this second wave is kind of closing in as far as how close it's getting to everybody. I don't know if you could speak to that. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Uh, I just know like friends of. I just heard of friends of friends. Right. Um, but nobody, nobody close to me. That's that's got it that I know of. Oh, that's um, that's good. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And I don't know how the rest of the league. If maybe it just happened to be me and Andy, but I know I. The story's not that interesting, but it, it's it's in the extended network enough to where you know I was concerned that my parents were exposed and stuff, but apparently everyone's good to go. So, um, so that's a segue, Nate. I know we we didn't want to we texted last night we didn't want to talk about this but we're gonna have to talk about it. <sighs> Don't bring it up. I, I gotta say it out loud. We're gonna have to. I mean, it's July seventeenth. That would mean the yeah. draft's only basically a month and twelve days, so about six weeks away. Um, we're gonna have to talk about the strong possibility of having the first ever. Not in person heavy hitters draft. Hey, but I did think of something. Okay. But um, but it's still. I mean, I, I still don't know how I feel about it. But I, I randomly saw this something after we checked in yesterday. But I get. I you know I guess they're saying outdoors is safer. So like, in, I guess in theory, if if people were interested, you could do like maybe a, an outdoor thing where everyone's spaced like far apart. But that would be kind of weird, I guess, and not. In, you know, if, if people couldn't make it, then I don't know how that would work in terms of, like, the electronics and all that, so. And it'd be hot as hell. Yeah, it's, it, that's another thing, is I don't get along with the sun. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, so my thought was, and I'm bouncing it off you, um, thinking from a commissioner and kind of the administration of the draft, the reason I was, I mean, I, I don't want to, I guess if I was to say it out loud, it seems like 85% chance that we're not going to be able to do it in person. It seems yeah. really strong. And the, my thought was, if there's... Well, first and foremost, if you got three guys that are going to travel, they're going to have even more reason to not want to travel. I mean, three guys got to fly on a plane. I don't think anyone's looking forward to doing that. Um, so there's that. And if you're going to have that plus, let's say, the other seven guys... I, I don't know who. I'm, this is random. But let's say one or two guys aren't so comfortable with being in person. I don't want to force that. You know, it just yeah. feel yeah. I'd feel bad if because before, heck, when I called all you guys, everyone was pretty much 
committed, like, it was going, it was trending in the right direction. Everyone was, like, feeling good about being in, indoors and stuff. But, man, you know, obviously the it just flipped on us. And now it's, you know, the second wave's hit. And, I, like I said, if, if three guys are traveling and one or two guys don't feel that comfortable anyway, it just feels like we're going to have to just pack it up and do it. Some sort of remote draft. Yeah, well, you know, safety is the most important thing, and everybody has kids or elderly parents or, you know, themselves, and so that's the most important thing. I mean, heck, your your, your kids are going to be there, you know, so. Yeah, absolutely. So, that's, so now the question becomes, you know, unless, you know, there is a lot of... Um, optimism regarding a vaccine. It looks like there really is one rushing into stage three from AstraZeneca. Um, so maybe there's some vaccine in six weeks if they fast track it. You know, there, there's this little chance that, you know, everyone feels fine about doing it. But assuming we don't do it, I mean, what are your thoughts? I mean, we, we have options. We could do online. We could do Zoom. We could do WebEx. I know we use WebEx for work, but I know people use Zoom. I mean... Thought, I, thoughts on the best way to do it? Yeah, I've only I've, I've only had experience with WebEx because we use it at work. But I would prefer it would. It, I mean, we've all used drafting platforms, right? That kind of takes the interaction out. I mean, it would be yeah. at least I would probably hope to do it through like a WebEx type software, and we could joke around and see everybody and yeah, you know. But the the one thing to remember though that I also thought about is, um, you know, we have a we have a. You know, everyone goes on the clock. Right. You know, but when, when someone's time's up, we probably should have, like, a soft clock, like, you know, hey, you have a minute, but, you know, if something happens, you know, we, we probably, I guess maybe we shouldn't let guys jump guys, you know, like, because we don't know if someone's going to freeze up or they don't hear or yeah or something like that. Yeah, I definitely, and it was a, one of the first things that popped into my head, too, was that we, we'll have a timer, but it'll be more of a guide that where it's kind of an informal thing where if you're over time, everyone can kind of give you give you some shit. But we don't yeah. need. But the hard, you, you need to be in person to have that nice hard buzzer and like you got yeah. So def, that's yeah. definitely one thing that will, and that's probably the main thing actually. Because once we relax on time, everything else can kind of fall into place. But yeah, we'll, we'll put know, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I like WebEx because like you can go into that view where you see everybody. Because like if someone's on the clock, they're not going to be talking. You know how like when someone's talking, if the WebEx goes to that person, right? If yeah. you put it. If you put it on the view where you see everybody, then like you can see the person stressing out on the phone, and you know, yeah, or not on the phone, but on the on the, on the software. So, I mean, that's, I mean, it's not ideal, but it would still allow us to kind of interact and see everybody and stuff, you know. And and I, I'm betting Zoom is similar. I, I think what we should do. I know me and you use WebEx, and I know we have other state workers, Goalie and, and Slingbox, and you know they're. So people use, um, and if I just forgot someone that's a state worker, sorry, but, you know, we use WebEx. They probably use WebEx. Um, so if anyone use, has used both extens- extensively, I'd be, you know, text us as the group and see if you prefer WebEx or Zoom for the draft and, and why. You know, I, that's something to discussion to start having because I think, uh, this, you know, Johnny and Protege, and I think they were mentioned in Zoom. I think Andy uses Zoom. So... I'd be curious if anyone's used WebEx and Zoom, which one's going to be the, the superior draft. Yeah. I think that two years from now, we're going to have to go big on the draft to make up for it. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I thought this draft was going to be the one where everyone went big because it, they'd been locked up, but, man, it's going to be probably another year, so we'll have to go. I'll, I'll try to start planning some real big stuff for, for Season 14. Oh, you know, speaking of that, like, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed because I wanted to see you run the 40 at mid-training. So, uh, I've, I've laid off the training. I was hoping no one would bring that up. <laughs> no, no, you said, what you say, 4-5, right? <laughs> four, You're a 4-5 guy. I'm going to 4-7 now. I'm, <laughs> I'm too old. I, no, I, you know, I, w- I still, n- n- um, what's the word? What I, I, never less than once a week, I still get out and do a few sprints. But to say I was training for it, that's not true. I haven't been training for it. Um you know, just and as time gets closer and not looking like we're going to do a draft, I haven't been assuming that someone's going to hold my feet to the fire on that one. So I, I, I wasn't. I wasn't holding your feet to the fire. I would just make sure I was outside watching for that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> zoom, zoom sprint, the sprint on the webex. Have someone film it. 
Yeah, no, I mean, I, I bit off more than I could chew. That was definitely... Uh, I, I definitely went too big on 4.5. I should have rolled it back to 4.7. I think maybe I could do that. Hey, 4.7 would still be impressive, actually, <laughs> if you think about it. Oh, man. So maybe season 14, I'd give myself another year to, to train. But um, what were we talking about for that? Okay, Zoom, WebEx. Uh, but, yeah, again, if anyone could text us if, if, if they prefer one, especially if they've used both softwares. But... Either will probably work. I think what I'll do is, um, you know, my draft board, our draft board, our almanac, if you will, is on Google Sheets. So I could I could be, um, we could do a thing where everyone has uh, edit access to the, the draft board. So they could enter their own picks or we could just have one draft board and we could still, actually I could man the draft board. And then people could yell at the picks, and I could enter in the draft board. But at least everyone would be able to see it. So it's not yeah. that far off of an online software, really. It technically is an online software. It's just not keeping time for us. Yeah, you're just having the video, really, what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's looking more and more like what's going to happen, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, you know, that decision is probably sooner than you think because, you know, there's air, like you said, there's airfare involved. So, and then... Uh, and, and then Chatton overrated what he looks like in Fresno, right? So he's driving. Is it Fresno he lives in? Yeah. Yeah, so he's he's got a little bit of a drive, too. Yeah, I, th- I think what we're going to do is, you know, we're. And we can start doing consistent podcasts if, if we're, me and you can both get on them now that it's mid July anyway. Um, I think I think the best thing is we're just going to have to say from here, let's say at this point, it's it, we're not going to do it in person. And like I said, if some semi miracle happens and they have a vaccine in two weeks and within that month we could all feel good about it. You know, maybe we can do a last second in-person thing, which is not likely, but you know, we'll keep it, keep it in the back of our heads just in case. But at this point we'll just assume it's going to be, you know, WebEx or Zoom or whatever. So for people's planning purposes, you know, that's, we'll go there. Which is a bummer because you keep sending me pictures of all the different meats you're smoking. Yeah, well, you know, um, I got I, I I tried to just do it once a week from like my lunches and stuff, um, you know, because I'm just up the house. And I'm kind of bored, so I've been trying to hype you up, and I've been sending you random pictures of ribs, and I expanded I expanded into rib territory, so that's been exciting. But yeah. you know, ribs and other various things. I'd say you've sent pretty much every meat product I could think of in the last <laughs> month or two. Like, you just keep well, I feel sent- like I'm rotating, like. You know, it's like it's all I think about. It's like, well, what am I having for lunch next week? Right. It's a, yeah. That, I'm curious how you're doing. You know, I've obviously you're in quarantine. There's the on one hand, people have more time to work out. On the other hand, you have more time to eat and cook good food and you know things like that and sit around and eat. So I'm curious, uh, how's that physique doing over there? Well, um, you know, it's kind of interesting because my uh, my gym closed down like before COVID because I was a member of this kind of cheap one. You know those those cheaper ones that just try to get a bunch of members. Right. And then, uh, so I was like, well, I was like, well, I'll join another one. And then COVID hit. And then, so I haven't been lifting any weights, but I jog like literally every day. And, um, pretty, pretty good distances too. Like usually three, four or five miles. Um, and so my weight is like about the same, but I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm soft because I have been lifting. So right. like, I feel like I'm actually, like, um, going in the wrong direction, but I'm, like, running every day, and I weigh the same, and I'm, like, is this jacked up? Yep. Well, at least you're maintaining, though. I mean, not getting out crazy, not ballooning up. No. There's another... No, but, oh, yeah, go ahead. But, but uh, I'm, I'm starting to get a little careful with the calories, though. Like, I'm trying to um, make sure I don't have dessert every night. <laughs> right. Yep. Nope, I've had to make some adjustments. I think uh, obviously, obviously, all of us have. Speaking of endurance, I don't know who else is training for endurance, but Al Davis has been running. I don't even know. I think he's throwing like ten milers in there sometimes. Wow! So he's 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 keeping up tip top shape. I know yeah. that. For um, a while there, I was doing a um, like a seven or eight miler on the weekend, but it was beating me up too much, so I'm just sticking with my. Oof. Yeah, I'm, I'm just sticking with that kind of like that that range that I just mentioned. And, Try to do it every day. Right. Well, speaking of distance, segue again. Um, it, what if the season? We got to talk about not only the draft. First of all, we got to bend our toes because training camp's supposed to start next week. 
guys are getting COVID by the day. I don't know how they're going to do all that. Like it, it's Nate, it's going to be a wild year no matter what. Like you're going to have. Yeah. What if COVID runs through like a team and like you have like seven starters out one week in the season? Didn't, like didn't they? Uh, it was either the NFL or the NBA. I think it was the NFL. They, I think it was yesterday they came out and they said that if someone catches COVID during the year, they're on the disabled list for three weeks automatically. Oh, see, I didn't. I heard it was a couple weeks. See, that's that's craziness because yeah. So what happens wow. if like Patrick Mahomes gets it? Well, any like, any of our guys like that's the thing is, any of our guys gets it. And like I said about even from the the league's perspective, if seven starters from one team gets it one week and they have to play a team that doesn't have COVID yet. Like it's going to be lopsided. It's just going to it, yeah. it's going to be an absolutely unpredictable and wild year. But I think we, I don't I don't see how it's not going to. I mean, if one guy gets on a team, how is it not going to spread like wildfire? Yeah. Especially in the NFL. That's what I'm saying. And if one team's dealing with it and they have to have guys out for three weeks and they play a couple teams that haven't had a hit or it's already hit or whatever, it's yeah. it's it, Vegas. Well, I guess, uh, yeah, I guess uh, depth. Of your fantasy team, if assuming the season makes it and goes all the way through, is going to be important because guys, guys are going to catch it; they can't stop that. So people are going to have to have depth. Well, that's a discussion that I've had and we'll have with you: is do we modify our rosters this year and do something like have a couple IR spots, or do we continue to be cutthroat and say you have to manage your roster as it is? So, you know, if if you have a tough decision, you have to drop a stud player. You got to drop a stud player, and it's you know it's kind of part of the competitiveness of it. What, what do you think about that IR versus just keeping it wild west and the pressure on the owner type of thing? Would, would it be just for a COVID player? So, like for example, I, I just mentioned Patrick Mahomes, but like if Mahomes catches COVID, like then he wouldn't have to drop him, and then he could maybe add another player to, to replace him for the three weeks. Yeah, that's not, I haven't even thought that far, but yeah, an IR spot for some reason, and we could say it's an, a COVID spot. You know, an IR spot that's for COVID only. I ha- I haven't thought about it, but I guess the two ways to look at it is: do you modify for COVID, or do you just say that the season is interesting and people got to deal with it? Yeah, and that that was my that's kind of my original question. So another thing yeah. too, I'm asking you. You know, maybe we'll start doing some polls uh, informally with the text and stuff, and just see what people think about this. Obviously, input is welcome, but these are questions we got worth asking here. Hopefully, in time for. I don't want to be doing it during the season. That would get very rinky-dink. Very, yeah, so I, so yeah, another thing to think about. Do we add our spots? Do we keep it where you have to just kind of, like you said, just do your best, and if something happens that's not in your favor, then oh, well, it's part of the game, you know? I, it's well, interesting. The fab dollars could be going crazy. It's Yeah. Well, well let me ask you a question. Um, do you consider, would you consider, I mean, would you consider COVID an injury? Uh, no, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, well, it's just an, it's an illness, I, I, you know. Sickness. I guess where I was going with that is, like, if the NFL says the guy's going on IR and they call it, they, they're calling it an injury, then do we, you know, I mean, sometimes a lot of players get hurt in a fantasy season. Sometimes, you know, it's clean. Well, that goes back to if the IR spot is for COVID only, because they're going to have to not, you know, you can't cover that up. So we'll, we should know if it's COVID or something else. Yeah. And I think if, if we do an IR spot, we should, in order to keep the integrity of what we've always done, and also making the assumption, hopefully, that this will be a one-year thing, we could just make a one-year exception where IR is for COVID players. Would, would you would you limit the number of I, um, well, I guess you don't know, but, like, do you think, I mean, now that I think about it, there's too many cascading I mean, if you put a gun to my head right now, I would say there's too many cascading impacts if you don't have a COVID. Like, let's say we had one COVID IR spot. Right. But if you didn't have that and someone got COVID, you're talking about people dropping potential keepers. Yes. You know, like... Yeah, that's... What if, too, what yeah. if a quarterback gets hurt and they're fishing off the waiver wire? I mean, there's so many cascading like impacts, like... I think you have to be open to one COVID IR spot, yeah. potentially. Yeah, you know, you just convinced me. But you, because we subjectively always have to draw the line in our league about what's, quote-unquote, like, going too far as far as, you know, what's luck, what's skill, this and that. I, I think if we're – if because we might end up in a situation, like you said, where guys have to drop some of their best players and keepers where they might have, quote-unquote, earned them through drafting or trading, I don't want to 
sabotage it because of COVID. So I, I definitely think we need to do a COVID spot. Question is, do we do one or two or something like that? Maybe even we just do two or three and just say, be really relaxed about it and say, hey, any COVID guy, you could IR him, you know. Um, on the flip side, it's very possible if I have two IR COVID spots, I COVID a couple guys, I drop them in IR spots, I pick up a couple guys, and they end up being league-winning type free agent pickups. I mean, that that could, yeah. that could actually happen, and it'd be a situation yeah. where you normally wouldn't have made a pickup, and then this you're forced into it, and you end up picking up some, you know, that's that could happen. It? Yeah, and you know, another another thing to think about is um, waiver wire money becomes more important, so you got to manage that better. And then yep. also, like, there's going to be less guys on the on the wire. You're right. They're, 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 even they're with, available. Yeah, even with IR, even with IR spots, you're still gonna have to pick more guys up. So yeah, the the fab money is gonna be. We're all gonna be spending probably less early on trying to manage our money. That's for sure. That's for sure. Yeah. So again, see, as we're talking, these things just start unfolding, and it's gonna be a full year of these things unfolding where we don't see them coming. Hey, dra- draft strategy. You don't draft. Um, don't draft. Be careful drafting multiple guys from one team. Right, right. You'd be hamstrung on a certain, yeah. Yeah. Or even having a top-heavy team, like, you know, like a team like I'm going to have, like I had last year, like with Barclays and McCaffrey's, like, if one of those guys, both those guys get COVID, I'm, I don't even know what I'll be running out there, but uh, you want a deeper team this year, probably, than versus a top-heavy team. Yeah. It, it, it's something else. So, to that end, are we talking about what are we going to say? There's also the possibility that this, I don't know whether the end or the beginning of the season would be shortened, but if we have 10 game, 8 game, 6 game, at what point do we even consider it a real legitimate season? What if they play three games and they shut it down because it's just horrible? Like everyone's got COVID and they can't play. Like they can't field the league. Like, yeah. Well, again, putting the gun to my head, I would say that in order for it to count as a season, the league would have, uh, our, our fantasy league would have to have playoffs and there would need to be a winner. And so that would mean that the NFL would have to have playoffs and would have to have a Super Bowl. So even if there was like a six game season and they did some makeshift playoff, like, like the NBA is doing, right. as long as there was a champion, we would have a playoff and then you could decide the winner. So you're saying as long as, as long as, well, you're, so you're saying the NFL would need to have a playoff to declare a winner? Yeah. Because if it, if the NFL doesn't have a playoff to declare a winner, then who are you declaring the winner? Whoever's in first place with the most points. Well, that would like be there's, it, like there's let's, no playoffs. Well, but that's the thing is, let's say we play that. That's that. This is why this is a difficult question. If we play ten games, and then because as you see with COVID, as everyone has seen, not just us, but the decision making, the changes in policy, they're really haphazard, and they have to be on a dime. I mean. One day everything's fine, the next day Gavin Newsom shuts down the state. I mean, so we may get 10 games in it and then the NFL shuts down the season. So oh, if, if someone, about that. you know, if Raider Nate finally turns things around and is in first place, you know, with a bunch of points, there's a point where that you deserve or anyone would deserve with an asterisk, yeah. unfortunately, but at least deserve the payout, deserve being on the record books. I mean, and that's yeah. the, the tough question is yeah. what is the line? That's the tough question. Because yeah. if you play two games, it's like, well, you know, what is that? Two games, like, that's nothing, you know? So Yeah. No, that I guess, yeah, I didn't look at it from that angle. That makes sense to me. If if, if we set a line for, which, for the number of games we're comfortable in, we would have to agree that it's whoever's in first place, and if there's a tie for first place, whoever has the most points then that would be the winner. And then, I mean, I'd be fine with that as long as we had enough games. And, but if it was like two games, obviously that, that wouldn't be enough, right? If it was, was the line six, eight, ten, I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's the, and that's why I brought it up. And again, um, hopefully everyone listens and then we don't all talk. I mean, it'd be nice to do a zoom or, or web WebEx with the whole league here and there before the, to talk about the stuff, but that would be very hard. So in the meantime, well, all we really got is the text. You know that text that we're all on. So again, yeah. another thing: if guys have ideas, just sling them around because there are more questions than answers right now with how we're going to handle yeah. this. That's just crazy. Like to think about all the stuff. Yeah, it could just. It's going to, you know, it's going to affect the season so much. And for a team like yours, if you're going to, you know, 
as you've said yourself, your team is, let's say you think it's the worst keepers or one of the worst keepers. I know for me, having good keepers, great keepers, it feels worse for me because I don't want uncertainty. I want to be able to play a full season with my horses, whereas, you know, the teams that don't feel so good about their keepers, there's more, there's less uh, certainty in season being played by any player. So it might it might be an advantage for guys who don't have feel like they have as good of keepers too. Hey, another thing that just that I just thought of based off of you talking is uh, we also have to. It would probably be better to put it out there just so everybody knew. Like if we if we have some kind of shortened season and we say okay the season counts, that means it counts as a year towards the keeper time for the player. I think all rules stick. If we if we consider it a an official year. For any, yeah. for anything, it kind of like you said the cascade. I think effect or the domino effect is you. You got to count keepers. Um, the, the, yeah, but the difficult. Like question, that, oh, go ahead. Next year is a big year for me. With considering I never have any running backs, with all those backs are going to be out that are thrown back, and I want to make sure they're thrown back. <laughs> yeah, I I think it is important that we. It's oh man, it's tricky because I was going to say. If we declare a line for what constitutes a season, I think the keepers have to stick. But if we don't reach that line, we just we we have to do the opposite, which means nothing sticks. So if we play, if we say it's eight games and we play seven, then we have to roll back the keepers. We have to roll back the money, pay you know, giving everyone their buy-in back. I mean, we have to. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I guess we just need to make sure that you know whatever we declare as, as that line takes into consideration all of those factors of, well, of what has yeah, to I stick. Think, I think when you said that all rules apply if, if it's a, if it's an official season, kind of answers a lot of the questions like with the keepers and stuff. Yeah, and I'm sure guys listening to this are going to think of stuff too. So we're going to have oh, yeah. more questions. It's just it's good we're doing it now. I'm hoping guys listen. It's good we're doing it now so we get these questions out somewhat early. We're six weeks ahead, so. And they and, and they could just do a simple postponement, so we could be talking about drafting later later too. So I, don't, I guess we're just all just have to be tentative with all our plans right now. So, which is unfortunate because you got a bunch of us just entered a mock draft. So a lot of us heavy heavy hitters are already trying to get prepped up. So you want to have our draft on time. Yeah, no, this this I'm, I'm digging this mock draft. It seems uh, like I mean, players are going to move around, but it seems nothing out of the nothing crazy's happened so far. So people are they're paying attention here. Yeah, I I mean I've always as as we went on with this league, I've always I always think mocks are good. A lot of people think mocks are useless because things do change so much. But for me, I think the the biggest use of is the mindset that puts you in because. You may be looking at, say, round seven between four different players, and you may think to yourself, well, they're not going to be in this round during draft time. But it's still important to think about those players relative to one another. Like, it still helps to get yourself thinking about your own rankings and where you have guys and stuff. So I I dig it, Uh, and a lot of guys are in it. So um, I'm glad you're into it. I will say, when I did this sleeper app, uh, last year I texted out to everybody, anyone who's interested, I don't want to leave anyone out. So Sweet Swizzle... And Vinny Greenballs are the only two guys that didn't sign up for it. So everyone else has signed up for it. So therefore, I, I want to put it out there to Swizzle and Greenballs. If you guys want to get on the Sleeper app, you can enter these mock drafts with us. Sometimes all of us do it. Sometimes some of us do it. I know Danny's not doing it in this one and whatever. So, but I just at least want to be fair to everyone that we do these. We're starting these mock drafts up. If, if oh, Vinny, they're, Vinny, missing Vinny, they're missing out on some good, some good research and information here. Yeah. And, and like you said, we have guys that take it serious, but some guys are going to make the picks they really would pick, and some guys are going to lie and do play some poker. But again, you're at least you're thinking about different players in different rounds, and that seems useful for everybody to me. It, it always gets you thinking. You may think you have a draft plan, and then you, you do one of these mocks, and you're like, man, I don't know if I, I like my plan here. So, um, yeah, so we're doing one. Swizzle and Green Balls, let me know if you want to get in. The sleeper app, um, no pressure. If you don't have to do every mock that we do, of course. So, um, yeah. So again, we're so again we're we're all prepping like it's going to happen, but it could get canceled, it could get postponed, and that would be a bummer because you know we're already putting time into it. Dude, if there'll be riots in the street if there's no NFL season. Seriously, like people are going to riot, dude. 
Well, I just, and that's true. And, and just a week, I mean, things are changing so fast. Just a few days ago, I was talking to Al Davis and we were in agreement with you. Like the same thing. We're like federally, like this, this administration, you know, the president and whatnot, football is so big. It would be seen as such a failure on the country. Like, I know people aren't thinking about it for the election and stuff, but it's legitimately going to have those kind of implications. If the administration doesn't want to not have NFL, it's going to look bad. It's going to look like a failure. But then again, you can't deny how bad it could go with people's health either. So it, I want to say it's going to happen, but I don't know, man. It, it, it really might not. And you're making me depressed. Yeah. Well, just, I saw a blurb yesterday, I think on Rotor World or something, they're, you know, they're opening up, which you have to, right? It's a human right at some point, but they're opening up for opt-outs. I mean, we could have a keeper, a major player. We could have major players opting out of the season, as we see yeah. in other sports. Did you hear about Mark Andrews? Uh, I know he has some pre-existing conditions, but I didn't hear anything more than that. Yeah, well, I, uh, he's the only guy in the league that has um, type 1 diabetes, which would be on the list. And he said he's going to play, but he said that... Um, he wants to use it as a platform, you know, like to talk about diabetes and all that. But it was just sh- shocking to hear that. I mean, he's what he's a twenty-four. I mean, and then he has type one diabetes and he's playing in the NFL and COVID's, and you know, he's at high risk and just crazy to think about, you know. Absolutely, and so, and it could be him, but it could be just some guys are opting out just because because we're all allowed to have our different feelings of how serious we think it is. I mean, it's just there's not enough solid information for anyone to to judge anyone else, in my opinion. I think we've got to be open to people's opinions on this thing, but same thing with these players. If, if one guy just happens to be super scared and Christian McCaffrey opts out, it's like, well, there goes a huge advantage I was going to have, you know? And yeah, and then it goes back I to keepers. So. Does that, that goes back to keepers. Do I get a, do I get a, if Christian McCaffrey goes out, but we still play the season, do I get a Christian McCaffrey voucher or am I stuck wasting a year of keeper on him? You know? <laughs> no, rules, rules apply. Oh man, that would be. I'll blow up the league if Barkley or McCaffrey opt out of the league, and I, I have to throw them back. And some, I well, mean, we're we're going big next year, and it's big time running backs. It's running back central next year. Big time draft at Louis Hounds. That's, I'm that's about, the team. I'm talking about this year though. Like yeah, let, I know. let's say August, you know, a week before keepers or two weeks. You know, Barkley's like, I'm not going to play. It's like. Well, am I going to keep them? Because I can't keep them next year anyway. Oh no! I think isn't there a, isn't there a rule if someone gets hurt that you can switch them out already? Well, my point is before that we declare though. Like if, if I'm sitting there and McCaffrey and Barkley are both healthy and ready to go, and then one of them opts out before we even declare keepers, I wouldn't declare them as a keeper because I'm not going to have them that year. And even if I did declare them as a keeper just in case, I wouldn't have them that next year. So I gotta. I wouldn't be able to keep them. So my, I was just like, well, could I get a voucher and get, get my keeper year back, you know? The guy opts out. Yeah. Because that's, that's, I mean, again, it's one of those things that are unfortunate. Maybe it's just tough luck, but it could happen to anybody. If, it could be Mahomes. If Finney keep, wants to keep Mahomes and Mahomes opts out, you know, he doesn't even get a chance to keep him. Is that, does he get a Patrick Mahomes? Does he get a voucher, a COVID voucher? Does he have to make that decision, you know? Yeah. Hmm. Depressing podcast, Nate. Well, it's, it's it's the world that we live in, man. I don't I don't have to tell you, yeah. but you know, I guess uh, I saw the scuttlebutt on TV about the Russian hackers trying to steal the COVID um, research on like vaccines and stuff. And if they're trying to do that, maybe we're getting close. Yeah, and I mean, gosh, podcast really going to overtime talking about that. But I would hope that I hope that a vaccine. Is obviously a global event. It shouldn't be. Uh, I, I get what you're saying. The ha- hackers are trying to get ahead of it because, unlike the U.S., communist countries like China and even Russia, they are going to circumvent the rule, FDA rules of trying to get something approved. So, I mean, they would rush it. I'm sure. So, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah well, that's a whole other topic, I guess. Um, speaking of that. Quick, quick off topic. Do you have a second for quick off topic? Yeah. TV shows. You mentioned Russia. I'm watching Sweet Swizzle favorite The Americans. Have you seen that show? No. It started slow for me, but I, I think it's great now. I'm almost through season three. So Swizzle, thanks for the uh, recommendation because I don't know anyone else who watched that show. 
what, what do you, are you watching it on um, regular TV or is it like on some kind of service that you buy? Yeah, Amazon Prime. They got it's it it that that show ended a couple years back, so it's all the full libraries on Amazon Prime. Oh, okay. But it's it's a good show. The quick side note: uh, Are you watching anything on the the tube? Any uh, treasure hunting? Um. Well, yeah. Right now, I'm watching. Um, well, you know, a lot of stuff I watch has certain seasons, and so what's hot right now is um, Alone's on. Have you watched that? What is it? Alone. Oh no! I, I actually just heard about it. I think yesterday or something on Twitter or someone yeah. was it. Talk about it. Yeah. So, so it's it's a it's a show where these um, uh, people who are like familiar with the outdoors compete and whoever lasts the longest in the outdoors wins. And the last couple of years, they've, they've done like the the Arctic really rural areas Ooh. so I'm, in, I, I'm like into that yeah. you know that kind of wilderness stuff so I watched it nice. so I'm watching that and um, I'm watching Mountain Men that's another uh, wilderness type one look at you Nate looks like you're you're bound for the mountains here soon with COVID and these shows you watch <laughs> <laughs> yeah hey I'm watching this one show that's kind of interesting it's called um, uh, Renovation Island have you heard of that no so there's this, there, I, I also watch these house, you know, home improvement shows a lot. And there was yeah. one in Canada that I liked, and this this guy was on the show, on the show like the main character, and he kind of went off TV for a long time, and he came back on, and he bought a um, rundown uh, resort in the Bahamas. I think it's the Bahamas, or the Caribbean, or something. And he's renovating the whole thing, and so it's the show is like showing like, you know, them renovating the resort and all the problems they're having. Anyway, I'm watching that. Okay. Well, let, let's 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 bring us back to the NFL for a second, or the heavy hitters. It's a little bit better news to get us out of the doldrums, but you're probably not going to be too happy about this. So, I recently, hot off the press, have updated our almanac, our HHL almanac, with season twelve, two thousand nineteen stats, and our all time, um, you know, leaderboard. And also, uh, the I draft I do a so the draft board usually funny because my sister does the names. I then I do like a, a copy of it where I fix all the names for <laughs> so that we can remember. Because if, if we don't do that, we'll forget in a few years even some of these who these guys are. So um, the almanac's updated. For I know some people are interested in the almanac, um, but I have some quick notes. Would you like to hear some notes on what I found this last year? Yeah, play some. Well, if you prepared them. Yeah, well, just some things I noticed. Um, and some changes too. So let's start with the big, the big topic. So I, I always keep an all-time tab, right? Where I try to, I want to be able to gauge. You know, we do go through this thing. Our hopefully the the bulk of our lives. I want to see over time who the studs are, who's good, who's bad. You know, all these things. So one thing we do is we keep this all-time tab. And if you haven't looked at it, it keeps track of all sorts of stuff. Have you ever looked at it with the wins, losses, points? Like it's got all sorts of stuff. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've looked at it. So. We've always done it, since we do a head-to-head league, we've always kept the all-time hierarchy based on points per game because the thought was head-to-head's less predictable. Let's do people's points per game over time, you know, because that's a better gauge of how good you are over time versus just win-losses because it could be kind of tricky. High variance. So that's always been what we've done. All-time points per game has said who's the top of this leaderboard. But... After two seasons of Raider Nate and Protege, what we found out is the best all-time heavy hitter with a short sample is the Protege. So I told myself, well, that's not fair. He's only been in the league two years, and he's at the, he's at the top of our leaderboard. Maybe we should look at it differently than points per game because the league NFL scores more points over time, right? So therefore, yeah. it's not fair to the guys who played in 2008 because there was overall less scoring. So it's not fair that Protege gets to play in the modern era and he gets his name at the top. But then I go to win percentage. Guess who's got the best win percentage after two years? Protege. Protege. So yeah. so basically in the Almanac, I, I tried to find a way around it, but the Protege is now the best all-time heavy hitter based on points per game and win percentage. I can't do anything about it. <laughs> well, you know, you shouldn't skew the... You shouldn't skew the way you look at it to change the results anyway, but... And he, he's looking pretty good this year in terms of his keepers and all that, too. Yeah. So he's he's number one win percentage all time. I'm, I'm doing win percentage. I think that'll take care of the whole weighting of the points. We'll do win percentage, because over time, head-to-head is variant, but I think over time it would hopefully equal out. Um, Protégé is... Yeah, I mean, yeah, 
two, I mean, two years isn't a large sample considering how long most of the guys have been in the league, but, you know, numbers are numbers. Right. Numbers are numbers. So he's looking at, he's at the top there. Uh, it, pro, this is all about protege because he has a lot of the interesting stats. Just for those people in the statistics and, and how they work out and, it's funny, we all remember Protégé's rookie year where he had the the lowest points and the best record. And he was getting so lucky and everyone was calling him lucky, lucky, lucky. And, you know, usually doesn't, statistics don't, in a very short sample, even out so quickly. But it it's so interesting that Protégé goes from the guy we thought was the luckiest from one season and who ends up almost winning a title. And then the very next year, if we're talking about the, the laws of regression, the very next year, he had the highest points against of anybody so you know oh that's interesting it instantly turned around from what you would consider lucky to what you would consider unlucky you know as a measure of unluckiness to have everyone else so so he went eight and eight and had 95.6 points scored against him and so again he he averaged more points than goalie who was in the championship game so it's funny i mean year to year you're seeing regression from statistics in our league it's really interesting to look at that so more protege stuff um, besides that, you know, moving on from Protege, it's interesting that Al Davis and Sweet Swizzle were neck and neck. They had the same amount of wins all time, and they had within like five points of each other. But Al Davis has broken away, and he's now clearly in second, you know, all time above Swizzle. Uh, he's got 110 wins now all time. His point per game is still above 90, 90.4, so that was interesting. Uh, so, and then besides that, a lot of us are in the middle. You know, nothing too crazy that I noticed in there, but it is fun to look at the updates for anyone who's interested in that kind of thing and interested in numbers. Um, I moved into second place for money. I'm in second place for money, barely above Slingbox. So we could look at, you guys can go there and look at the money that people have made in this league. I call it revenue, but really it's technically profit, not revenue. Um, That sticks out still. Al Davis, Raider Nate, Al Davis is $1,800 in the black over his career. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> 1,800. 1, yep. So, I, so again, so again with the records, I actually updated some records. Let me see if you agree. So, Nate, one thing I like to do with record books is really we're trying to to, to uh, memorialize, you know, important things. And, and, and the most general way of putting it is you want to see who's been the most dominant and you want to see who's had kind of the worst. That's always fun to look at, right? So we've always done, we've kept track of who scored the most points in the season, who's, kept, who's had the lowest points in the season, who's had the most points against, you know, the, the, the most unlucky, and who's had the least points against, who's been lucky, you know. I don't know if that made sense. If you're not looking at it, it might not make sense, but um, we've always tracked that. Well, I switched the formula, Nate. I changed it from gross points to a percentage. Because as I was looking through the years, as we just talked about, the whole league scores so many more points than they did when we started that it, it's not always a good gauge of that someone's dominance. So, you know, Vinny Greenball scored 107 points per game last year. It was a record, but relative to the rest of the league, was it really the most dominant? Does that make sense? Yeah. So I've actually changed it. So those who look at the almanac will see that most points, lowest points is now a percentage above or below that season's average. Again, trying to measure who's been the most had the most dominant seasons, right? So that said, there's been some changes and some shakeups on the record books. I'll let you guys go check it out, and you know if anyone cares enough to, to input on that, if they think it should be the other way, fine. But again, I'm trying to balance the overall difference in scoring from 12 years ago versus what we have now, and so I have a new way of doing that. So that's an update I wanted to mention. Um, that's pretty much it. It's there for people to look at. Uh, we filled out what I originally had as a template, so I'm going to have to expand it. That's one interesting thing. Now, that's a visual thing to figure out, but it's about it on the Almanac. Do you have any questions about that? I know it's still new to you. No, i got to go check it out. One thing we'll use it for, which is nice, is to kind of come up with new uh, measurements. And sorry I'm saying a lot of us today. Sorry, sorry people, but... So... Oh, um- well, I guess I actually do have a question. Yeah. How much, how much work is that? How long does it take you to update that thing? So I started this thing in our first year, 2008. 
And that's when I designed it. So it currently does take a long time because I, if I were to redo it completely, I would could set it up the way that probably is more uh, automated. You know, based on formulas from tab to tab and whatnot. Because I've, yeah. you know, in the last twelve years, I've gotten far better at Excel. However, I haven't updated it from a uh, base per- foundational perspective, so. I'm still doing it the way I did in 08, and what that means is it's mostly manual, so I have to basically update every year, both on the that season, by, by referencing the website from ESPN, as well as on the all-time tab, I basically have to, because the order of standings change every year, I have to take everyone's stats and update the formula in every cell. So, the short answer is, I updated this year, and it took me approximately five to six hours um, of work. I, I know this because I was doing it in between sets of my workouts. Um, <laughs> so I kind of have a good gauge of how much time it took. So it, it's it's rather time-consuming. And, and, you know, I care about it. So I, I take my time and make sure everything's as accurate as could be. Yeah, my, my favorite is the playoff probability chart. Right, and that's next. I haven't, I haven't updated that. So thanks for bringing that up. I'm going to update the probability chart. And I'm also going to update the um, the handbook. The handbook's will give me a little dated, too. So I'm, those... These next few weeks, that's on my list to update uh, those things. So, so that's there. Um, there's something else with that I was going to say, but I'm forgetting. Yeah, drawn a blank. Almanac's updated. Other stuff's going to get updated. Oh, what I was going to say is we were talking about, before actually we even started, one of the many useful things of keeping a record is that we were talking about keepers. And... You know, you've been in the league only a couple of years, so I was telling you that your perspective might be skewed. You know, you can tell me to shove it if you want, because you know, you saw me win a title, and then uh, you saw Vinny win a title. So you've only seen two years. But the easy connection to make is that hey, if you can keep a couple stud RBs, no matter what the round, you're going to be at a big advantage. Which I think, kind of just observing, that's probably true. But we have years of data to look at keepers and how successful teams have been. So um, Andy's done a keeper study, which I'd like him to refresh me on what it says because it's it's, it's nice and complex. And then I'm going to do one, too, of my, with my own kind of formula. So we're going to look at how keepers have correlated to playoff teams, things like that. So and that's something we had, you had talked about before that we started. So Yeah, I, I'd be interested in that one because my keeper situation seems to stink every year. Yeah, and again, like it's my like my like my my running back is Carryon Johnson. I mean, Jesus, it's like yeah, it's and, frustrating. And you and you know you and Protege started. We started where you guys had that little mini draft. I, I don't know if you remember that the very first keeper draft. Yeah, that was awesome. And he's you know he ends up and you know I'm not going to say there's some skill of course in fancy, but it's a lot of luck as we all should admit. And so to see him at the top of the list, you know you're at the bottom so far after two years. Um, yeah, it, it, keepers is one aspect of that where you want to always look at and make sure you're you know, doing your best. And, and like you said, it puts you in a position where, depending on how much stock you take in keepers, it affects your draft. I know me and you were talking about that. I won't get into specifics, of course, but it affects how you draft. You know, you end up wanting to, you know, do I reach for this guy or this guy to try to have him as a keeper? And Stressful, Nate. You're, you're under a lot of stress right now. Yeah, well, yeah, and, fr- and frustration. Yeah, frustration, yeah. yeah. And I'm stuck at home. Yep, yep. Because the thing about keepers is even if you could prove it, it still feels better. And, it, and it, it's similar to what Danny, uh, take it to the house, had made a comment when he started poorly last year. He was saying how, you know, he had a late draft spot. And I've tried to show in many ways over the years, you know, that your draft spot doesn't correlate to you finishing high. It just doesn't. Like, we have, we have now 10, 11 years of good data and so far, your draft spot hasn't been a good predictor at all. Um, and but but again, and it's the same thing. Even though I could show some numbers that have at least some bearing on that, it still feels better to have an early pick. You know, like it, it's it. What seems to be maybe objective and what feels better subjectively still there's disconnect there. So um, I'm just trying to make you feel better because I, I do think having keepers is good. I don't think it's the be all end all though. I think it's I I don't ever think it's wise to draft four keepers in a keeper league if it's only two guys. That's just my opinion, I guess. 
But I can't blame you if you do, so. So there you go. Still there? We got some dead air. No, I was just, uh, no, no comment on the draft strategy. Okay, okay. Playing it close to the I, vest. I'm um, still trying to figure it out. I'm, I'm getting tired of not having good options, so I need to figure something out. Right. Well, you can always do a blockbuster trade. There's always, there's always a, you know, you never know if you want to overpay for a guy you really love as a keeper. You could say, hey, Vinny Greenballs, give me my, my Josh Jacobs. I'll trade you all these rounds. Give them to me. There's a, uh, Trades don't happen often, but once in a while they do, so there's that option, yeah, well, too. You, you, you tried last year, didn't you? Didn't you put a trade offer out there during the draft? Uh... Yeah, I did, and I might do it again this year. Um, yeah, I think you tried to trade. Were you trying to trade down or up? I couldn't remember. I don't know. I did try to do an in-person trade. I think I was trying to trade with goalie somehow and made a quick offer. And For some reason, I think I was trying to make a trade with goalie and Swizzle for one of their keeper running backs. I offered, like, my second or third round or something for one of their, like, for, like, Mac or Mixon or, like, I tried to... Or Carson, you know, I tried to like offer like an early pick for one of those running backs, and they declined it. I, I'm pretty sure that's what it was, something like that. Yeah, I don't remember, but I remember you. I, I remember you made some offers during. I think it was the yeah, you offered one time, but multiple guys. Oh, oh, it's my first pick, so I had an early third, and I was trying to like offer my early third and, and like a later pick for like Carson or Mixon or something like that. I don't even know what it was, but um, but I mean, yes, I mean, there's trade. I mean, there are some options to try to. To you know, get around it, but um, again, this year too, I think that with COVID, it could be the year you having great keepers isn't as, isn't as much of an advantage, you know? Because yeah, well, I, I may have I may have already reached out to one or more person about trades. Oh, can confirm that. Whoa, interesting. And I'm, I'm, I just don't want to peek early, but I'm I'm trying here. Well, you know, and we're talking about doing mock drafts and being super heavy and getting prepared. On one hand, it would feel very bad to do that when we don't have a season. On the other hand, if you stay heavy and you get your research done and you're really on tip top of your game and they do have a season, you're likely going to have a bigger advantage because half the league is probably feeling more, less motivated, I should say, to be prepared. So again, if, if you commit to this year being prepared, it might end up being a big advantage if we do have the season. Yeah, we'll see. Mm. This is, yeah. This is wild. This is wild. Uh, well, Raider Nate, we're not far from an hour. You seem to have, uh, I seem to have killed your energy talking about the almanac and things like that and keepers. Is there anything in these last uh, seven minutes or so that I could bring up? Could be football related? Could be anything else related? Um... No, I mean, uh, are you are you starting to get a lot of? Is your phone hot right now? Well, you know, last night was a pleasant surprise because last night I kind of got stuck in my my click, if you will, of um, Andy and Johnny because I typically talk to those guys so much. So I didn't, I wasn't talking as much to the other guys um, since those last round of phone calls I made. And so it was nice last night when I sent out that message. I sent out to everyone except Vinny and Swizzle again. Welcome to join these mocks on the sleeper app. But I had sent it out, you know, saying, hey, I'm going to run a mock. And it was a nice surprise that I think except for Danny, everyone is is doing it. So it's pretty cool. Um, you know, at least half the league is still staying up on their, you know, on their research and and into it. So that's good. I don't remember if that's your question, but I was thinking about that anyway. Well, yeah, I was just seeing if people were trying to, if your phone was hot, because people were, if, were people trying to get the scoop from you yet. Yeah, the phone's not too hot. Like I said, I, the phones aren't as hot. I, I'm talking to you now. I talked to Andy and Johnny, and and I'm this year more than any other. I'm getting people telling me because as, as I've said before, the disclaimer is podcast commissioner. I will just if I hear something, some hot stuff in the league, I'm going to spew it out unless <laughs> unless I have you know unless someone signs, puts the contract in front of me and says, hey, don't say something. Then of course I keep it under wraps. 
And my stack of um, non-disclosure agreements this year are higher than ever. I will say that. There's no, nothing that you can share at this point? Yeah, Nate, you, uh, Andy, and Johnny have all said things to me where you're where they've said, hey, don't say anything to the league, but here's A, B, and C, uh, certain players or whatever. So that's at an all-time high. So I got, I'm got i trying to keep you know quiet on some of these players that I know guys like or don't like, and that's fun for me. Um but that, but besides that, there's no that phones aren't hot with trades or anything. Um, I'm hoping you know the podcast season officially starts today, even though it's our second one. Uh, I, I really do think that we talked about a lot of important topics. I'm hoping the text string heats up uh, because obviously a lot of league matters are at hand, and I, I want input. It's very important. So I think things might heat up after this podcast. We'll see. Hey, speaking of this draft, um, we're in. The tail end of round five and Singletary still on the board. And our mock. In our mock, yeah. Let's talk about. You want to talk about Singletary? Yeah. Well, you know the. It, it seems like they, you know, they drafted what's his name Moss, that big bruiser. Yep. And they've kind of stated that they want him on the field, and so you know, I think we all know that Singletary struggled in the red zone. So, what do you think about that backfield? Well. You just hit on the, the, the off the top, the Singletary's thought is you have a, a guy they drafted who they said is going to have the Frank Gore and red zone role. That's been already stated by coaches. So that, that's a big red flag. On top of that, you got you got a guy who is the white Cam Newton as far as rushing touchdowns are concerned. So now you're talking about, well, we're in a non-PPR league. What value does Devin Singletary have? So now you're looking at between the 20s guy, you know? And he's not getting in PPR. It's a non-PPR. So between the 20s guy and a non-PPR, how much value does Singletary even have? I mean, so you can see in our little mock here, he's, his, his value is pretty darn low right now. Yeah. Wasn't uh, – somebody was talking him up last year. Wasn't it fat and overrated? Fat, nice call. So uh, I, fat and overrated would call me a uh, – he would probably make fun of me for the stuff I keep in the lockbox. But he definitely – made a very strong comment about again disclaimer we all know it's fantasy things change but he was very adamant that Devin Singletary was going to be a near near lock Andy I'm sorry if you think I'm misusing your words but a near lock for a keeper and a stud this year well I mean if you think about it I mean it, his thought process made sense because he probably thought Gore was either going to have a, a reduced role or not be brought back and I mean who would have thought they would have drafted a, you know a big goal line back in the third round, you know, and say outright they want him on the field. I mean, he was probably thinking he was going to get increased carries this year. Yep, and that and that's why, I, and like I said, I'm not going to berate his ability. I mean, the guy was, has been great last two years. He has a great thought process. But what I think he underestimated, the variable he underestimates that I never do, you know, is that the unknown. Football has more unknowns than other sports, it seems like, and you just can't predict the unknown variables. So his his thought process was sound. I I get it, and, but now it's all of a sudden looks a lot different, you know. And and uh, again, the fun thing about fantasy is does that make Singletary a value, or does that mean that he should be drafted late? That's one thing we'll always have to find out as the season happens. But and Nate, you, you just reminded me of something, and uh, I'm jumping around on topics. But when when I was talking about switching my method. On, um, you know, the HHL record book on how dominant guys have been versus, you know, using instead of gross points, using percentages, things like that. One thing that was in my head, too, is that I do still want to put it out there that I still think that points per first down is a good scoring system that when it comes about, I think we should do it. I'm going to push it hard whenever, whenever that becomes an option. Could be a couple of years from now. And that would that again the reason I, I'm connected to the almanac is gross points can be misleading. Having relative stats are always going to be better because it, obviously everyone's on the same playing level playing field. So I want to put that out there too. Points per first down, I'm, I'm big no, on. No, I mean you've always said that the league is progressive, so it would make sense. Hey, I wanted to bring up and now since you talk about points, have you given any more thought to passing touchdowns? In what way? Because I I pushed for it a couple of years back really hard. I don't know. I mean, I like. I mean, the the idea of maybe going to five points is interesting because they're so devalued. 
Well, my, my, my thought was at the time, people remember that I wanted to increase how um, detrimental interceptions were. Because I wanted to create separation in quarterbacks more. Because, again, my argument was quarterbacks are almost unimportant as far as how we look at drafting them. They're, they're so devalued in fantasy yet so valued in real football that I wanted to make quarterbacks more important. So I thought bringing interceptions up a bunch would help separate good quarterbacks from quote-unquote good fantasy quarterbacks, a la Jameis Winston-type guys or you know that aren't good and you wouldn't want them on a real team, so why would you want them on fantasy type of thing? But the league shot it down. But do you think that would increase their draft position, or do you think it would just... Yeah, that's the whole point. But that, that, that was my big sell, was that we were doing mock drafts, and we're doing one now. There's no quarterbacks going, you know? Yeah. And it's because the relative value of quarterbacks is minimal, and so you wait on quarterbacks. That's a very standard, modern way of doing a standard fantasy league. But in order to make them be drafted higher, you got to make them more valuable relative to each other. So my thought was, if you... If you increase the interceptions, and instead of making it minus two, you make it, say, minus four, six-point touchdowns, minus four interceptions, something like that, well, then you take a quarterback that's good, like an Aaron Rodgers, who has low interceptions, who you'd want as a real quarterback, and then you have to now value him way above, like, a Jameis Winston, who in fantasy, you almost could just play with either of them, you know? And so my hope was that it would make it to where you have to consider quarterbacks in early rounds. I think that's yeah. I think that's a good idea. I, I, I got shot down, but I think we need to revisit the quarterbacks. But that's just, how 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 was it overwhelmingly shot down, or was there some interest? I pushed really hard. It was the year before you came in, so you didn't get here. But I was like podcast after podcast. I was pushing it. Um, I don't remember it was being very close. Like some guys had open ears to something like that, but it wasn't. It didn't gain very good traction. It did not gain very good traction. Well, maybe uh, maybe we can see. I mean, it's already it's already late in the year, but maybe we can see how it goes this year and try to push it next year. Yeah, it's, since you're bringing it up, you know, separate from me, I, I, I always want to keep it in the conversation. And I remember, too, it was the year after Blake Bortles was a monster. He was QB4, I believe. I don't know if you remember that, 2014 yeah. or something. And he, <laughs> had, he had a bunch of garbage time you know, touchdowns, and he also had, you know, much more picks, and it was just got me thinking, you know, how do we devalue some of these more volume-based quarterbacks who aren't technically good and make them to where, you know, the good quarterbacks get drafted early. So let's keep, you know, let's keep talking about that. I mean, I, it, I'm curious now that we're mentioning if anyone else brings it up, but I, I would be in for that because, because you know, what's funny is someone like Andy has in the past pushed for two quarterbacks, you know, in a starting lineup. And that essentially is going to do the same thing. It's going to make quarterbacks more valuable. But my thing is, well, let's make them more valuable based on their stats and not just the ro- the, the roster change, you know? Yeah, um, I think maybe what's getting in the way is people stream them so much. Yeah. That they, um, you know, they, they want them on the wire. Yeah. So they don't want them valued, you know? Right, but, but and, yeah, and that's fine. I mean, that that's an opinion if they want to play that way, but... My argument was always back to: Do we want fantasy to mirror real football? You know, that, that's kind of like as you when you're a kid. That's one of the nice romantic ideas about fantasy football, and I still stick to that enough to where having one quarterback on a team, um, you know, is is a yeah. good thing. But like you said, guys that want to stream and stuff, it's just a little. It allows you to be a little bit lazy on your drafting, right? Because you can just wait till round whatever and and uh, pluck a guy out. Now, what's made me not be so hot and heavy on it is we've had two seasons in a row where quarterbacks still are still important enough where they can carry you. Because in two years in a row, Lamar Jackson, Pat Mahomes, more carried Al Davis last year than Mahomes carrying Green Balls. Green Balls had a team top to bottom. But my point is quarterbacks do have enough value still. And so it hasn't been as much on the forefront of my head because – those guys have made it to where you still got to consider... Like, for instance, Nate, let me ask you. If Lamar Jackson was back in the draft this year, if Pat Mahomes were, were back in the draft, where do you consider drafting them in our league? Uh, I would... I mean, my situation may be different, but if I had a running back, if I had at least running, one running back keeper, and I had the same draft position, I would probably take one of them with one of my first two picks. Because I have a later first-round pick and then an early second-rounder, and then I'd feel comfortable doing that. And see, that 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 
would be another. That's a reason to not be so crazy about changing quarterback because, like, they those last those last these last two years, those guys have changed the game enough to where you would think about drafting those guys in the first or second. And I know if I in certain situations in the first or second, I would too. You know, to get one of those guys that are could carry you at quarterback. So yeah, that's the other flip side of it. So for people that don't want to change it, they could look to those two guys. You know. Yeah. Hey, one, one more quick uh, non-football related question for you. Yeah, this will be this will be our finale. We're over an hour, so we'll just this will be our finale. Well, every everyone will be interested in this, and maybe you've addressed it before, but I, I've, I've never asked you this before. But where do you stand on In and Out? In and Out Burger. Yeah. I think it's fine. I like it a lot. Um, I am not a In and Out zealot, meaning. You know, if you're talking about fast food, you're talking about Shake Shack, you're talking about Five Guys, you're talking about In-N-Out. Everyone seems to have their camp. I think they're all good, and I don't see one as great. So I, I'm not like an In-N-Out truther where I think it's the be-all, end-all. Um, in fact, I would say there's other burgers um, I like just as much that are in the uh, not-as-popular camp. So, yeah, so I like In-N-Out. I think it's good, but I'm not thinking it's the greatest thing in the world. What do you say? Um, yeah, you know, I like it. Um, it's been a while since I've been to Shake Shack, but I probably like Shake Shack better. But I don't I don't put them in the same class like other people because there's no drive-through and the, the price point's higher. It's more like a Red Robin. Um, by the way, did okay. you see that they opened one downtown? No. Yeah, so one opened downtown a couple weeks ago, and then they're uh, supposedly they're building one in the Galleria. in and out or Red Robin? What are you talking about? Shake Shack. Oh, Shake Shack. Oh, Shake Shack. Okay. Well, yeah. I, actually, I, I lied. I haven't tried Shake Shack. That's the one I haven't tried, but I've tried all the other ones, of course. Yeah. Um, so I, there's Shake Shacks downtown and then supposedly going to the Galleria. Oh, huh, interesting. Yeah, I, I'm going to try it when it comes out. But is that your is, is that your number one? Shake well, I mean, I don't I don't consider it a fast food burger. If you talk oh, about fast food no. burger, then I would say In-N-Out's my number one except oh, okay. drive-through. I just think that the Shake Shack is more expensive. Okay, okay. Do you, like, do you consider uh, Five Guys fast food? <sighs> yeah. The price, you know, I look at the price point. Yeah, I, I haven't been there in a while. There's one in Granite Bay I've been to. I, yeah, I don't know. It's a cross between a diner, I guess. It's not really a drive-thru. I, it, it, I guess it depends on how you're defining this In-N-Out thing. If In-N-Out's with, the, you know, drive through only types, you know, your Carl's yeah. Jr., McDonald's, Jack in the Box, A&W, whatever, you know, it's hard to beat In-N-Out. Um, but if you're going to throw in your five guys and your Shake Shacks, you're more casual, then you could be, yeah. you could be in and out. And Smashburger, I actually like Smashburger a lot. Oh, I, yeah, I like Smashburger too. It's good. So, yeah, that's, yeah, it's all about how you, how you shoehorn them into their categories, I guess. All right, well, I was just curious. I, 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 I like to enjoy in and out every now and then, and it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while for, for, yeah, for me too. We, we actually make burgers a lot, so we don't actually have burgers uh, out too much because we, we make a lot of them even before COVID so um. sounds delicious oh yeah I'm hungry it's time to eat so let, we're at hour eight minutes Nate let's shut it down let's hope that we get a lot of feedback on the text about all the stuff we talked about and let's double hope that since we're over an hour that the full hour and eight minutes gets uh, uploaded alright um, so let's try to we'll try to keep it casual I'll get a hold of you we'll try to do it weekly though I know some guys are, are liking it so yeah, just let me know when uh, when you got free time. Okay. Hang in there. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Talk to you later. See you.